Yeah, yeah. The world is so small till it ain't. Yeah, I'm building up a wall till it break. She hated when I call and it's late. I don't wanna keep you waiting. I hope I never keep you waiting. I think I know it all, but I don't. Why you always at the mall when you're broke? Yeah. And I just wanna ball, maybe dunk, but I never been tall. Yeah. I might trip, I never fall. God knows I came close. Don't try this at home. I know I probably need to do better. Fuck whoever, keep my shit together. Ladies you and never gentlemen. told me being rich was so lonely. Nobody know me. Ladies and oh, gentlemen, and everybody involved from this does not fall under those pretenses. I'd like to uh, welcome you and bring you into the three man weave. Um, Oh yeah, this this is the part where I guess I do the plugs. The Three Man Weave is brought to you by the Chairshot.com. The Chairshot.com. <laughs> Always use your head. If you can't tell things a little bit different, um, my brother, Mr. Christopher Platt, Mr. Velvet Pipes, is not with us today. It's more of a one-on-one edition between me and my brother, PC Tunney. Before I shout him out, I want to shout out that song, Mac Miller, Small Worlds. Today's two years to the day Mac Miller passed away, gone but never forgotten, way too damn young. Call somebody up, tell them you love them, you never know what somebody's going through. Nonetheless, I guess you know by now it's Ray Cash uh, and my boy PC Tony with me. What's happening, sir? Hello, Mr. Ray Cash. Yeah, Platt, he uh, unfortunately all the Kmart's closed and he's still trying to have uh, find his underwear. Well done. Well, see, we're much nicer because he would have said we had like a ballectomy or... Oh, yeah, he's always talking about how I have to get my anal glands bleached. That's that's his go-to when I'm gone. So, yeah, you know, Platt, Platt still... You know what? Much like, much like uh, Dustin Hoffman, he's still searching for his underwear at Kmart. <laughs> and you know what, Platt? We're not rich enough to have our anal glands bleached because that costs a lot of money. Word. So there you go. Word. Preach. <laughs> Not that I would know about any. Not that I would know about that. Yeah, yeah. Not that, not that we know about it, or there's anything wrong with that. But you know, here we are. It's. it's I, I guess you could say we're running the pick and roll today. Okay. And please let me. Am I the point or am I the big? That's that's all I want to know. I think we're both versatile enough. To you got to be the point guard, right? I, what I can okay. play, I play wherever you want. Okay. All right. I got a nice pick and pop. So uh, you know. Shoot the ball out to me, I could hit you with the P.J. Tucker corner pocket three. I some, got you. Some people might say at some points in my career, though, that it wasn't a good idea to let me have the ball because you might not get it back. <laughs> but let me tell you what. Well, to be fair, you got the Alex Caruso five points, so, <laughs> I mean, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of the NBA, we're going to talk about the, uh, the, the conference semifinal matchups, all four of them. We're going to get into what's going on there. Uh, we're also going to make some uh, predictions on who we think is going to win each of the eight NFL divisions before that starts this week. So football back. Oh, I'm I'm ready, yeah. man. And you, and I know you are. You got the Ravens hanging up right behind you there. Um, the FedEx Cup uh, golf is is over, but there are still two more majors in this weird year. So we're going to get into that a little bit. NHL is down to the final four. Okay, so now it's time for us to spend just a couple minutes and and talk about you know. 
what we're looking forward to seeing there. And then we're going to do a dual parting shot this week, something a little bit different on what crazy uh, happenstance at the U.S. Open involving the Joker as Ray laughs over there. I mean, we're going to get into that. I don't even want to. I don't even want to say it. We'll, we'll get that. We'll, we'll spend a little bit of time there. So, um, anything else before we get going here, Mister Cash? Uh, we got a full full lineup here today. Oh man, we we missed y'all last week, and we when we I say we missed y'all. We, not just that we didn't have a show, but we literally missed you guys. Um, uh, it kind of worked out that you know last week was kind of the boycott strike week, so I guess you could say we took one for our brothers and sisters uh, in sports. Uh, but uh, it they, this week has come back with the damn vengeance. And all I can tell you is what we're about to talk about, Tunny about to be mad. Oh, man. Here we go. Let me let me mentally prepare myself while we go to a commercial here quick. And we'll be right back <laughs> with some NBA talk. God damn it, Ray. And, and screw you in that gift you sent me. Promotional consideration <laughs> paid for by the following. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com. Bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Shout out to our boy John Tesh. Yeah, get, make it happen over there. The air piano, Ray's, Ray's oh, excellent at the air piano. If if you ever want to laugh, look up the video where John Tesh is explaining how he made round ball rock. I swear it's the funniest five minutes you'll ever. Like he's right before a concert, somebody left himself the message of the beat in his voicemail. It's or, his, or I'm sorry, his answering machine. That's how old it was. <laughs> it's, it's it's worth the five minutes. I promise. There you go. We're going to have a couple things for you to check out on YouTube or on the internet. But let's start with what's happening right now that we're most intrigued in. As I sit here, uh, NBA playoffs, I think we'd be remiss not to touch on what happened. Um, the shooting of Jacob Blake and by, by police officers in Kenosha. Um, a very unfortunate thing that happened and something that we can all agree got taken way too far and, and was... was beyond ridiculous and and those are my personal words here um moving that over to the sports side the bucks decided not to take the court and originally it was deemed to be a forfeit and you know i think fans and and people that know what's going on were okay with that uh but then nobody else played that night and it spurred more change throughout sports in my opinion because you ended up having baseball not playing and you ended up having hockey getting um, stopped for a while and you ended up having NFL teams that decided we're not going to practice today right like I want to I want to say before we get into the NBA playoffs and the sports because I, I, we got to touch on this right this is things that are happening in our lives yeah. that are very important to us that are very important to this nation and to people in as just as people in general that inhabit the planet called earth I don't think people realize that enough like we're the people here that all together, we're controlling what's happening here on this globe where we live. This is our bubble. It's a giant bubble, but it's called Earth. And we all need to treat each other with the same respect as we do anybody else, regardless of anything. And I think that's a given that a lot of people are taking for granted and not thinking about. But you see something happen like this, and, and I think they kind of made a change by, by not playing, right? I mean, I think the most important thing for me was on Hard Knocks was... The coach of the Chargers, I believe, Anthony Lynn, right? Mm-hmm. 
and he said, okay, if we're not going to practice today, we're going to do something though. We're going to, we're going to not practice for a reason. And I, and I like that, right? Like we're going to, we're going to make sure that we're not just going to, we're not going to practice today, but we're going to go home and not do anything. No, we're going to go not practice and we're going to go make a point because this is important to us. Um, so before I speak to that, let me say this. I know I'm the guy on the show that always ends the show saying Black Lives Matter and whatnot. And, you know, I understand, I don't understand, but I, I accept that that's a controversial statement to some people. But it comes down simply to this. A criminal is a criminal, but every criminal deserves, by this Constitution, their right to be arrested and be tried. When the police treat criminals as if they are the judge, the jury, and the executioner, the entire system is screwed because all the police's job to do is to uphold the law. It's not to enforce the law. They are not here to be literal, literal, like little executioners. So even in a lot of these situations, I always hear the argument, oh, well, they were criminals. They were a bad person anyway. Good. Arrest their ass. They shouldn't be dead. If they're going to be dead, let it be because a jury of their peers tried them, sentenced them to death. But to be in the street and say, nah, I'm gonna pop seven in your back while you're in your car in front of your kids? Like, what, what, why, where have we gotten, or where have we gone as a, as a country and as a people when that is just another day in this country? And I mean, like, we've had multiple more happen since then. But it's just so commonplace, it ain't even news no more. So, I just want to point that out because just because you're a criminal doesn't mean you don't deserve your right and to to what the Constitution has promised you to a trial, to be arrested, to be Mirandized. So the bad people need to go away, absolutely. But a lot of the bad people are wearing badges, y'all. Anyway, off my high horse, you made a a great point about Anthony Lynn. What I what it was so dope about the Bucks not uh, choosing not to play is that they didn't just say, we're just going to sit here. They sat in their locker room for three hours and decided what they were going to do and got on the phone with their congressmen, got on the phone with their senators, got on the phone with the governor and said, we demand this. We forget, somebody, I think it was Scottie Pippen or maybe Chris Webber pointed this out, that I didn't think about this. But if you take, there are 10, I think it's, what he said, that uh, there are 10% of billionaires in the country or something like that. Um... If you take all sixty of uh, all thirty of the owners in the NBA, all thirty-two in the NFL, thirty in Major League Baseball, and whatnot, and all like those are—I'm sorry—those are ten percent of the billionaires in this country, right? They can make change. They work with the country. They work with the the municipal departments and the and the and the state and the federal departments all the time trying to get bills passed or trying to get um arenas built or trying well, whatever that is and, and to your to add to your point like how do you why do you think that the state the local governments and things of that nature and the local taxpayers have paid for a lot of these stadiums and financed that and and partially because the amount of money these people bring into the community that's why they work so closely together so i just wanted to add that to your point you said it way better than I could. So if you think about that, there's already a ready-made relationship there. So for the workforce, for the for a massive group of 
wealthy to rich black men to say and white men multiple races but I, I know this has unfortunately become just a black issue but to walk off their job and say we ain't playing we just not go no I don't care if it's the playoffs we're not playing and I want to shows I want to go ahead sorry yeah I didn't no, mean no, no. To, yeah, yeah, you got it. I didn't mean to interrupt you there. I, I do want to shout out to the Milwaukee Bucks ownership who they didn't know anything about this beforehand and said they w- they they wish they would have known, but at the same time, the way the players did it caused you to have to pay attention to it because nobody knew. The Orlando Magic and the referees were on the court, right? I mean, and the button yeah. is kind of like everyone, the the Magic were kind of like, oh, you kind of okie doke us. You could have told us, but at the same time, no, they they couldn't because. It made you pay attention. It made everybody talk about it, right? And, and and that's the good thing about it. And the more people talking, and the bigger the 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 movement gets, and and of people that know what's going on, the the sooner the people with the money are going to pay attention because they get their money by selling stuff to the people, right? I don't know. I just but, want to shout out to ownership uh, because they they did not knowing they still supported one hundred percent and 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 a lot of ownerships are like that. So I just wanted to shout out to the good people. Absolutely. And I, I just to kind of put a bow on it. I just what I loved about it the most is that it normalized that it's okay to stand with the people on this in this in this issue. It's not. It. I just said it earlier, but this showed and this proved it's not a black issue. This is an American issue. This is a people issue that people shouldn't be shot dead on the street by the people who are supposed to be protecting us. And so, like, all these people standing up, all the NHL played and then sat back and said, nah, man, we shouldn't have done that. We're not playing tomorrow. And said, we're not playing. The NHL. Like, it's, it's so dope. So I, it, 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 that gave me a lot of hope in a very, very rough week. It gave me a lot of hope. Last thing I think we both, I, I think we glossed over it. We didn't mean to not mention them as well, but the WNBA and what they did was absolutely phenomenal. I believe they had a forum all day. Yeah, the leaders. And, right. I, so I just wanted a quick shout out to them. What do you think? Let's talk some sports. They, Go ahead. Let's did, do it. Did you have something else to say about WNBA? I was going to say, I just want to say, and we don't talk about them enough on this show or any show, but the WNBA got, like, they, they for real, for real. Like, they've been doing this for for years yeah. Maya Morris said nah my, my career can wait this dude been in jail for 30 years I'm gonna get him out the Atlanta Dream is owned by a woman who's rightfully who um, often says and believes on the stance of black, black lives don't matter all lives do and they are boycotting the owner of their own team like the WNBA got smoke in the game so uh, but yeah I'm sorry That's sports time yeah Okay, go ahead. You know which series we're starting with. Go ahead. You 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 okay. go you go ahead and give me shit and then tell me what you think and then I'll come back and I'll tell you what I think. We're talking I'm about the Bucks and the Heat, y'all. <laughs> I I'm not going to give you shit. I'm going to say two very quick things and I want you to explain to me, sir, cuz you were the confident one. Number 1, Miami is dangerous. Like they are scary. Number one. And number two, bruh, John is gone, homie. <laughs> this was it. I do he's not coming back. And I I, I that hurts my heart because I know what he means to you and to that city. This was y'all chance, bruh. This was the chance. 
Like, to thank God Chris Middleton showed he's really a number two because if he didn't have the ball like he did and they get swept, bro, this man is the defensive player of the year and is getting, like, Jimmy Butler is treating this dude like, like you treat your son when your son is crying about he wants some milk, but he just ate a whole sandwich. Like, he is getting drugged. It's bad. I, I feel for you, though, so I don't want to dog you like Platwood. Um, I want to hear what you think, because you're the one that told me, are we good? I told you this was – I said to both you and Chris whether or not it was on the show or in the text uh, chat that we have. In case you didn't know, me, Chris, and Ray have a specific – text message string where we talk everything for this show and and other things in our lives too because you know we we all support each other and and everything outside of this as well um that's why we came together for the three-man weave but i said regardless of conference miami is the bucks toughest matchup i including the clippers and the lakers and the nuggets right i mean the bucks have not played well against teams like this teams like Miami who have multiple people to throw at Giannis. Now, the Bucks are at a disadvantage in the coaching matchup. One of Budenholzer's downfalls is in-game adjustments, and the playoffs are all about in-game adjustments. One of the things that makes Eric Spolstra a bona fide superstar coach over the last decade and a half is the fact that he is very good and knowledgeable about X's and O's and how to change those X's and O's to benefit his team as the game progresses look at it this way the guy coached lebron james for four years in his prime when he was a legitimate power forward when lebron james was with the miami heat he was a power power forward lebron james is not a power forward anymore having said that he knows the adjustments to make to frustrate a guy like Giannis, because you can take away a couple of things that lebron does that Giannis doesn't and they're almost the same player in those time periods. Now, let's get to Giannis. I describe Giannis as a whirling dervish when it comes to running into the lane and spinning and trying to do a post move. Can we get Akeem Olajuwon to Milwaukee for a week and a half to show him some footwork? Because let me tell you something. He'll fly. He'll go up there. The, the highest I ever played was some junior college, a uh, little bit of basketball there in junior college, but mainly high school. And then I played in some really good leagues in my 20s around here with former Division One and NBA players, okay? I legitimately said to somebody at a party I was at yesterday, if Giannis had my footwork, he would be 20 times better because he'd know how to shoot a baby hook going to his right in the lane posting up, and he'd know how to spin and fade and do a fadeaway going to his left side, the baseline side, if he's on the left side of the court. Those are two directions you can go. You can also add an up and under. You can also add a step back, stop and pop. I mean, these are things that he doesn't have that I don't understand. And the fact that he's struggled with free throw shooting and you don't have anything else to do right now but to work on your craft boggles my mind. I get guys like him and Shaq that are bigger with much, much larger hands than any of us can even imagine that ball becomes really small and harder to control, right? But regardless of that, practice makes perfect. So I hope Giannis sticks around. And to get back to this series right here and not just to downfall the Bucks, the Heat better win game five tomorrow because otherwise the pressure is on the Heat. Now, it's really hard to beat a team four times in a row, and I think that's what you saw yesterday. Sure. 
the Heat don't have a lot of pressure tomorrow because they'd still be up three to two. But if you're coming into a game six, losing two games in a row, and know that if we lose this game, it's all down to one matchup, I guarantee you Jimmy Butler will have his dogs ready to go tomorrow. Hopefully we can get some production out of Giannis, and I more so would like to see Eric Bledsoe take over the game than Middleton. So I, I, I want to talk about Giannis, especially considering how uh, Richard Jefferson had that really controversial tweet saying Giannis might be more of a Pippen than a Jordan. Um, and th- it's not what it sounds like. He's not saying Giannis is number two. He's saying Giannis probably needs, needs a closer because Giannis can't do the things that guys like Jordan or Kobe or Kyrie or or other finishers do, right? But I I don't understand it's it i guess it's i don't know i think when i think of Giannis, the first person of course most people come to mind is lebron but i think of dwight howard and i think of dwight howard because uh dwight when he came in the league was ridiculously athletic to be a six foot ten center but his athleticism and his swoleness like I feel like guys like that, almost even LeBron to a small extent, don't have to work on their game because they're so much more athletic than everybody else. That's why you got guys like Steph for guys who had to to, to scrap. You know, James Harden is another guy who weren't blessed with amazing skills, and you see that's they're just different people, right? I feel like Giannis, and Giannis is a Euro kid, so to be a Euro kid and not have skills is like not heard of. Those guys learn skills when they're four, five, six. And I know he was going through a genocide, but, you know. Um, but he reminds me so much of Dwight. And you, you, I never thought about it, but you're right. He doesn't have one move. There is not one move that you can say other than a straight dive to the basket. He got the little Euro step, but, I mean, doesn't have a drop step, doesn't have an up and under, doesn't have a baby hook, doesn't have a fadeaway, can't shoot free throws. He could shoot a three straight on. That that top of the key three is hidden right now. But it almost makes you wonder. Like, this is our two-time in the row MVP. He'll be MVP, no no doubt. And the reigning defensive player of the year. Like It's funny though, though it's funny because of our, our demeanor and mentality about this conversation we're having about Giannis. The fact that I believe he's still only twenty five years old. Uh oh yeah. He's young as hell. Jordan didn't start winning championships till he was what in his thirties, I believe. Sure, but so my no, no, argument but, to that is, but I mean, no, 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 and I'm not. I'm saying it's funny that we're so down when it's like how far he's progressed yeah. already. Do you know what I mean? That's kind of the point I was making. No, I, I, you're completely right, but um, we, we've we've never had this argument. But there's a very famous argument I have in, with my with my friends, and it's about Derrick Rose, and. I contend to this day Derrick Rose did not deserve that that MVP in 2010. In fact, he was the third most deserving. Dwight should have won it. LeBron was second, in my opinion. Well, you can argue that um, every year that Jordan and LeBron were in the league after their first couple, they should have been MVP every single year. This is true. This, this is really true when you think about it. Um, so, but, but the reason I bring up Derrick Rose in comparison to um, Jonas is when Derrick Rose won the MVP. I feel when you win the MVP, that solidifies you as the best player in NBA at least for that year, right? And if you're that way, 
then in my mind, we ain't got no more time for excuses, big homie. If you good enough for the league to tell you that you're the best player in the league, then I don't need to hear, oh, he's still working on his game. Oh, he's still growing. No, if you're that good, then you need to show up. And I guess maybe the issue is, did we have we underestimated Jimmy Butler? Is Jimmy Butler officially a superstar? Because Jonas is getting, and I, I'm not, I'm joking, but I'm serious, drugged by Jimmy Butler right now. And, you know, and Jimmy Butler is another one, another one of those kids from Tomball, Texas, down the street, who scrapped and clawed and worked his ass off to get to the league. Hey, we both know a lot he about Jimmy. got the Jim. dog in him. We both know about Jimmy Butler. I mean, he's... he's Marquette. Yep. I mean, watch that guy become a, a bench player to a role player to a star, right? Mm-hmm. He, he's, he's a dog, and I mean that in the best possible way, right? I mean, this is mm-hmm. a guy who does whatever he needs to do. He don't have to score. He don't care. He's all about winning. He don't care if he, mm-hmm. I bet Jimmy Butler would sit in the finals if they made it there. If he knew that they would win the championship if he didn't play a minute, that's the kind of guy he I'd is. Agree. Do you know what I'm saying? And it's funny because yeah. people ask me, "What? Well, what are the what should the Bucks do? What are they going to do? You know, Giannis is one year left, right? I mean, they're gonna they're gonna use that year. They're not gonna trade him. If they lose him, they lose him. They'll have all that money to go spend and they'll start over somewhere else." I really hope he stays. Right now, I, I'm like 65, 35, he stays. But I said this before, wouldn't it have been funny instead of paying Bledsoe and Middleton, they would have went out and got Jimmy Butler when he was traveling from Minnesota to Philadelphia back down to Miami. Could you imagine Giannis and Jimmy Butler together? Because Jimmy Butler's perfect for Giannis. Giannis can control the entire game. He can control the ending of the game if he wants to. But once Giannis is not doing well, there's Jimmy to take over. And unfortunately, Bledsoe and Middleton haven't done those things. Now, are Bledsoe and Middleton excellent players? Yes. Talk about Middleton. 90-50-40. There hasn't been a lot of guys in the league, okay, that can do that. 90% from the free throw line, 50% from the field, 40% from the three-point line. Eric Bledsoe is a reigning first-time all-defensive player of the year, okay? So having said that, if the Bucks can package up some draft picks, Middleton and Bledsoe, and get a draft pick to take LaMelo Ball and put him, a, a certified playmaking point guard with Giannis, I would do it. That's my last thought. Miami, don't let the Bucks win game five, I'm telling you right now. That will, yes, Miami don't want, especially with if, if Miami does lose game five, Giannis might be healthy for game six. That's not something you want. It's a great point. Um, Chris Middleton showed me something last night. Chris Middleton showed me that, I think I made this analogy on the show, that he has a lot of Paul George in him. Last night it was Paul George for real. In that he showed that he can't do it full time eighty two games. But he can lead a team, bro, because he put the team on his back and like almost single handedly drugged them to overtime and the win. It showed me a lot. So I mean, I guess the question is almost similar to Embiid and Simmons. Middleton and Jones don't have chemistry issues. But are they the right guys next to each other for Giannis to be successful? Is is that the kind of number two Giannis needs? A 3 and D guy who has more to it, but ultimately is still a 3 and D guy. Is that what he needs? Or does he need Chris Paul? Does he need um, Ricky Rubio, LaMelo Ball? Does he need a point guard who's going to dominate in the end and get 10 assists and get him in the positions he needs to be put in? 
what's more important. You bring up Chris Paul, that's another guy the Bucks could have traded and gotten his salary up here and you know, I mean anyway. Let's let's move on. Let's move over to the other uh, conference semifinal. It's currently going on as we record here, Labor Day evening. Um, unfortunately this this show won't come out in time for me to tell you to go pro forward slash the chair shot and put in code Labor Day to save twenty percent, as I know a couple people did at the party I was at yesterday. So kudos to all of them for buying some chair shot shirts. Uh, but go there anyway. I got my chair shot on show right now. There we go. Looking good. Looking good. Uh, maybe tune into Potus War Wednesday. Platt will pull some codes out of his ass that don't really work. Uh, maybe you can put one of those in. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the series that's going on as we sit here and record. Raptors, Celtics, boy, you, you, if if Anobi doesn't hit that shot, we're probably, we're probably not even watching a game five right now. But Boston, after losing two games, after winning the first two, has now been in complete control of this entire game. They were up big early. They've maintained that lead. It's still 19 with the ball, I think, and six-plus minutes to go here in the fourth quarter. Are you shocked that Toronto ended up coming back and getting two games, or did you kind of feel this was going to be back and forth? What what are you what are you thinking for the rest of this series here? Because it's looking like right now it's going to be three two Boston. It should have been over. It should have been four zero. Anobi hit one of the best game winners you'll ever see. And what a pass! It it, it was Kyle Lowry. Over, Kyle Lowry does not get enough fall. credit and tremendous pass. The pass might be better than shot, if we're being honest. Um, but he saved their season. He saved the season. They go down 3-0, there's no way. Um, but I think the biggest takeaway I have to me is, how can you, if you're Jason Tatum, if you're Kimba Walker, if you're Jalen Brown, and most importantly, if you're Brad Stevens, how can you let your team come out as flat as they did in Game 4 and lose that game? Because you lost your advantage. And so now you see they came to play tonight. But that game four scares me because I, the problem with Boston all year has been what Boston are you going to get? Are you going to get the ultra, uber competitive Boston where Kimba's making clutch shots and Jalen Brown is wreaking havoc on, on the wing and Jason Tatum can be, cannot be stopped on the elbows? Are you going to get the ones that kind of play down to you and – don't have the energy and don't want to play on defense. Toronto is too smart of a team. Toronto is too well coached of a team. And ha- Toronto has too much chemistry to allow a team to take them for granted. And Boston took them for granted in game four. So if we can get this Boston from the night, Boston might be in the finals, bro. I. It's tough because I still think Whoever's going to the finals is coming out of that Bucks Heat series, especially since the Heat kind of seem to have found their groove. Unless you can get a Gordon Hayward back, in my opinion, for Boston that can actually contribute, right? I mean, he comes back. Sure. I'm giving him minutes off the bench when I need to rest some better starters. Uh, I do like the transition defense that Boston plays, so I think them in Miami or the Bucks, any one of these combinations is going to be really good. I just think we're seeing it. It's done for Toronto. I think that's a nice run for them over two years. I do think that they have a really good coach in Nick Nurse and some good young players in an Ananobi and uh, Spicy P. But Spicy P. Pascal. Uh, I, I just think that it's going to be Boston 
against a team that's going to go to Miami. the finals over them, either Miami or Milwaukee, if they can pull one out of their ass. <laughs> I would say I pick Miami over Boston or Toronto here in the next series. If that's what it comes to. Um, that will be, I can't wait to break that down because number one, that's the most unexpected Eastern Conference Finals anybody could have guessed. But number two, they really are similar. Very much so. Right? Very much so. I think Boston has, I think, more individual talent because, I mean, just Gordon, like you said, Gordon Hayward is what their seventh or eighth guy off the bench because he's hurt. Gordon Hayward is like a number one on a bad team, but number two on a good team. So, um, but yeah, I, I, if Boston, there's no reason. Boston should not finish this and take this home. And if they can't, if they let it get to a, a game seven, like you said, they let it get there. We we need to start questioning all the positive things we say about Brad Stevens, because far too often Brad Stevens has been in good situations and let them slide. So if he can, if he lets a two zero lead go, give up a game four, because game three is understandable. And then let it get to game seven. I mean, we treat Brad Stevens like he's like, you know, the class of the league. I don't know that we can anymore if they go to game seven. All right. Speaking of sliding, let's slide on over to the other side of the NBA playoff bracket, specifically the Western Conference, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. let, let's talk about them Lakers and them Rockets. I, I fully believe that the Lakers lost game one because they've had so much time off and the, the Rockets were in a rhythm. I think you've seen the other night that when LeBron and AD are going to come out and score 60-plus points, and you're going to get some quality time from Rajon Rondo, which immensely helps this team because their lineup out there when they're at their best is Danny Green, Rondo, LeBron, AD, and whoever else out of everybody else is playing really well. I mean, look at Markeith Morris come in and be a a complete contributor last night. Uh, In addition, Mm -hmm. the fact that so much so that Kuzma played less minutes than he did. So they got to figure out that Kuzma thing, bro, because they really came in the league expecting big, came in the season expecting big things from home. He's, he's the only guy he's, they kept. He's the only guy they kept from the previous roster to play with LeBron. And now are you thinking that maybe they should have kept ball? No, no, no. Brandon Ingram. Right? That's the well, one that we should have kept. I think the problem with Ingram was he's a guy that wanted the ball in his hands, and there's nobody else going to have the ball in their hands right now. I mean, look, I, I I think you're right. I completely agree. But both Brennan Ingram and Kyle Kuzma have the dreaded P word drawn put on them. Potential. Right? It took five damn years for Brennan Ingram to show that, yeah, you know what? This shit might pay off. Kyle Kuzma came off the gate balling, and then this season, he got a little money, signed a shoe deal, dyed his hair, whatever the fuck it was. I knew you were going to go there. Messed with the Kardashians, and then it come down to him when when you sign one of the Morris twins to over, to usurp you in the in the like the Kentavious Caldwell Pope is higher on the in 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 the lineup than Kuzma is right now. It's it's and that hurts them because they they thought he was the third. They thought he was the third of a big three. Um, yeah, the Kuzma thing, man. Um, my two, two my two takeaways number one are I love what LeBron said. Um, after game two, 
he when they asked what happened in game one, he said, well, we just weren't prepared for their speed. They are, whatever you think of small ball, good, better, and different, they are an extremely fast team. And you cannot prepare for that type of speed if you are not on the court with them. We weren't prepared for a game one. We are prepared for a game two. Very amazingly salient point by the Kings. I, want to, I, I love that, number one. Number two, Russell Westbrook got to either get him off the court or figure out what you're doing. Because even he acknowledges, I don't, I'm just running around. I don't know what I'm doing. Well, that's funny because he was contributing so well on the bench, not playing as a coach. You would see him come out and coach guys up. It's hilarious that you made that point. The question I really wanted to ask you is because we both feel like the Lakers, whether it's a gentleman's sweep or six games, I don't, I don't think either of us think this is going seven, are going to win this series. But then the the question is for us to talk about is what do the Rockets knew to change? What do the Rockets need to do to change that narrative to try and make this where they win it in six or seven games? Well, so I while the move to small ball was stupid, I appreciated it and I actually thought it was kind of crazy genius. The reason I, this isn't no. This isn't on some Isaiah Thomas where everybody getting small, so we're going to go get Eddie Curry and Tyson Chandler type shit. Not, not that kind of genius. But I thought it was genius because he knew. He knew the windows closed. Their window closed when they went 0 for 17. That's when the window closed. They would have had a championship. The windows closed. So he had to try to do something to keep those boys motivated, right? You can't have a guy like James Harden on your squad and not compete for championships. It's just not going to work. So I appreciated how he flipped it up and he extended it another year. D'Antoni's gone after this year and he needs to be gone. I don't know if small ball will return, but if you want to run the five wide offense, all five guys around the paint, or I mean around the wing, you got some guys coming up that are free agents that you can go get. Danilo Gallinari is a free agent right now this year. Like you have some stretch fours. Covington has shown He's he's a guy you want to keep. Figure out what you're doing with with uh, Russ. Trade him. Do something. But him and Harden can't play together if the ball has to be in one of their hands. If Russ can accept the fact that he's gonna be, if Russ can play the PJ role, but on one side of the court and PJ on the other side, and Russ just guard guards, maybe it can work because Russell is a tremendous inside scorer. He's a tremendous defensive presence because he has nobody has a, a, a bigger motor, but I mean you can't restart. You can't start over when you got James Harden and Russell Westbrook. You can't, but the window's done. It's like they're done. Let's move over to the other series. Let's talk about the other. Can elements. I ask you one question? Yeah, go ahead. Can I ask you one question? Sure. The, the, the Am I the only one that watches Anthony Davis and gets pissed off when I watch him? Is it just me? <laughs> well, in, in specifically in what way? What pisses you off? Anthony, Anthony Davis physically makes me ill when I watch him play basketball. Offensively, of course. Because Anthony Davis, we've long said he's top five in the league talent-wise, right? Top five player in the league. And Anthony Davis is six foot eleven, seven feet, right? Can dribble like a guard can jump out the gym, has range. He is so obsessed with being his idol, Kevin Garnett, instead of being who he should be, Hakeem Olajuwon, 
that every time I see this dude, he's playing a guy five inches shorter than him, and he's hitting him with the shimmy and the fadeaways from 17 feet. Go to the basket. You are unstoppable. Remember, with, if you watched the game last night, I'm sorry, I know we were moving on. You watched the game last night, and the Lakers were killing the Rockets. And when the Rockets made that run, what happened? Braun was on the bench, the office went through AD, and he started hitting you with the... <laughs> Bro, get to the basket! It, it makes me so angry! Does he have the Los Angeles? He's unstoppable! He's got the Los Angeles disease. He moved out to L.A., he's on an L.A. team, and now it's all got to look pretty instead of just getting the job done. Is that what you're trying to say? Man, look, speaking of pretty, my man is the only guy in history who has a unibrow but waxes it. <laughs> Doesn't wax the unibrow part, but those the eyebrows are threaded. You are absolutely right about the prettiness. But, man, look, I know this because right now what he's doing has gotten him where he is. But I guarantee you, Braun's going to need him to get big boy style, especially if he plays um, the Clippers or, the, or or Denver because they got some big boys. Speaking of the Clippers and the Nuggets, to me this is the most – I'm most confused about this series and what direction it's headed because it was pretty obvious that game one was a hangover from a seven-game series with Utah that Jamal Murray getting interviewed by I forget who, uh, Scott Van Pelt I believe it was – and he didn't even know that he was going to have to play like with only like one day rest. So I can yeah. give you that not knowing whether or not that that's the way the Nuggets would compete the entire time. Now, you come over to game two, you get a Nuggets victory, which isn't totally unexpected. But Kawhi played not very well, especially offensively. So mm-hmm. at what point do we have the real Nuggets and the real Clippers show up? Is it maybe now? Is it maybe tonight? Uh we do we finally have you know a five is this just a five game series and you can take everything you knew from games one and two because of a poor game from Kawhi and not enough rest coming off of a big series win uh, for Denver there are moments in any sport when you can literally see the leadership and the control of a basketball team change from player to player right like, watch that Miami-Dallas um, series in 2010, 2011, whatever it is. You can literally see D-Wade saying, bruh, saying it. It's your team, homie. Like, you can physically feel and see it. The problem with Denver right now is that this is Nik- Nikola Jokic's team. And Jamal Murray is playing the role of Nikola Jokic. That's the problem. The team was built around Jokic getting everybody else involved and Murray being the closer because, of course, Murray got the shot, right? Jamal Murray is out here having to be their superstar because Jokic is... Uh, is he averaging 15 points a game? Like, is is he doing anything on the court? And I knew this would be a, a tough matchup for him because while he does well against most defensive bigs... Montrez Harrell's scrappy than a mug. That's not the type of guy he wants to play against, right? And he's just, like, bless well, him, he's gone through it. He had 26 and 18 in game two. Well, but that's the game they won. Look at the other game. Look at the other games when they're not winning. When they're not, when they're not winning. 
15 and What's his average for the playoffs? 15 and 3. I don't point? know what his average is for the playoffs. Yeah, but nobody played well for the Nuggets in game one. That's kind of, you know, I get what you're saying. It's going to be, but yeah. he just he just played against Rudy Gobert, who's a former defensive player of the year, too. I mean. Yeah, he's gone through it this this in this playoffs. He's had probably the toughest draw of any superstar of, any, of, of, of all of the playoffs. And it's hurt the team. It's really hurt him. I would say we're both in agreement here. Clippers in six. I got too much respect for Denver, man. And, and Denver's the Clippers' problem always comes down to who's gonna back up Kawhi because Paul George should be the guy. And then we know about playoff P, right? We know about the we know about what that is. So is Lou Williams gonna be the guy? Is he gonna step up and drop a twenty-five out of nowhere? You know, is Mar is is um um. The other Morris twin gonna show up. Like, what? Who's gonna be the guy to step up and help Kawhi? Because if you see Kawhi, if Kawhi not dropping twenty five to thirty and defending the best player on the other squad, the bubble ain't just ain't shown us that somebody else is gonna be consistent. And you paying Paul George a hundred and twenty plus million dollars to be consistent, and he's not. I. Great last words on that series right there, I, I would say. I, as we sit here, Boston will be up 3-2 unless Toronto makes a 24-point comeback with two minutes to go in this game, which I don't see happening. Uh, you know about the old 24-point 24, 24 shot? Oh, that's the old rocking jock. They bring down the, the small hoop. It's about 40 feet high. Yep, I, I watched. Come on now, man. I'm down with the rocking jock. Uh, I wish they would bring that back. That'd be fun to see the NBA players some rocking jock. Um, uh, also, we weekend. I'll give I'll give you my last thoughts here before you take us home here on on the whole NBA playoff scene which we're trying to cover right here. Heat do not let the Bucks win game 5. Uh I think it's a wrap on the Raptors here with Boston putting their foot down tonight. I don't see the Lakers losing, I don't see the Clippers losing. I think we're headed towards Kawhi and LeBron. That was definitely where it was always going to go, but Living in Houston and seeing this firsthand, something about the Rockets that gives the Lakers fits, and hopefully Vogel and 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 Jason Kidd figured it out. But something about the Rockets this year that's giving them fits. Um, but I completely agree with you. Boston gets it done. Sorry, sorry Bucks, but appreciate you coming. Um, but yeah, so we I think we're gonna see Miami Boston, and we're gonna see the Battle of L.A. in Orlando ironically all right folks quick commercial break and we're gonna be right back with our nfl 2020 regular season division winner picks sierra hotel india echo lima delta shield Hey folks, listen up, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Pins, stickers, illustrations. Angrylemonade.net. This is my yard now. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. 
Breaking news, three-man weave to be renamed the pick and roll with Ray Cash and PC Tunney. Christopher Platt has been traded to the Five Rounds podcast with Mags from across the pond for a bag of potatoes. I think it's an air keyboard this time, but Ray is definitely... Definitely. There he goes. Looking good over there. The NFL is back. (laughs) Uh, We can't wait. Obviously, I'm a gigantic Packers fan. Ray is a gigantic Ravens fan. So we're going to briefly run through these conferences or these divisions in each conference. And we're just going to real quick quips on who we think is going to win each division. So why don't we start in the East? We'll start in the AFC. No more Tom Brady. For the Patriots, who have dominated this division for two decades, I, I I like the Bills to win the division this year. That's going to be my pick. I'm a big Josh Allen fan. They added guy like Stefan Diggs on the offensive side to help his passing game. They also have a coach who's been there for a little bit, and they've made the playoffs two out of three years, I believe now, three out of four maybe. So that defense is no slouch. They have good guys up front and in the linebacking core. So. My pick this year would be the Buffalo Bills. The Dolphins, they're more towards the future. I do like the direction the Jets are going, but I'm not a big fan of their coach. Watch out for Cam with Bill Belichick. I still think they're going to be well. I think they'll make the playoffs, but I'm going with the Bills to win that AFC East division this year. Well said, sir. Uh, The Patriots might win 9-10 games. They're still going to be good. They might even be more dangerous offensively this year as last year because Cam could do more things. And that roster fits a a scrambler, scrambling running quarterback more than the pocket passer. Uh, but I got the Bills too. Josh Allen is poised to break out. Um, Devin Singletary and Tredavious oh. White, highest paid cornerback ever. They are taking care of their defense, and that's the best defense in football. Let's move on over and stay in the East and do the NFC East here. Uh, Eagles were the division champs last year at 9-7. and seven. You have the Washington football team. You have the New York Giants with an up-and-coming quarterback and a new head coach that seems to be instilling some process and, and some you know work ethic in that organization. But you also got the Dallas Cowboys, Mike McCarthy, bringing a new offense in there. I don't know who to believe in here because I don't know what quarterback to believe in, to be honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised if the Giants won this division. I'm going to pick the Dallas Cowboys because I think Mike McCarthy wasn't heard for a lot of the end of his tenure in Green Bay, and maybe rightfully so. I can't really give you a 100% answer or not because I do agree with the fact that Mike McCarthy is a very good football coach. I hate to pick the Cowboys. I don't know what I'm going to get from Carson Wentz. It's not going to be the Washington football team, even though they have a solid defense and -and up-and-coming guys on offense. My My pick's the Dallas Cowboys this year. Can the can the quarterback I have the most faith in be a backup? <laughs> the quarterback I trust the most in the East right now is is Jalen Hurts. I'm just keeping it a buck. Um, so that that is maybe the best draft pick made in all of football this past year is drafting Jalen Hurts to be the backup to Carson Wentz, who can do some wildcat, who can run some extra trick plays and can legitimately start right now if Carson misses a few games. Beautifully done. Do you do you think though if we have a 16 game healthy season from Carson Wentz the Eagles win the division not the Cowboys? I think the Cowboys win the division because their team is better. I, the, the, the team is better and I, I, there's 
there was something to be said for the beautiful uh, novelty of the FU Pay Me season. Dak got the biggest FU Pay Me season since Flacco in 2012. So, like, he got $50 million on the line right now. So, <laughs> he might throw for 5,000 yards. I got the Cowboys. I hate to say it. I'm a Cowboy hater. I'm Houstonian. They got the best team, but I would not be shocked if you're looking at 10 and 9, 10 and 7, 10 and 6, 9 and 7, or we got a tie. Would not be shocked because they're neck and neck. Let's stay in the NFC. Shout out to Danny, shout out to Danny Dimes, by the way, who three years, y'all going to be saying his name. Yeah, I mean, don't put it past the Giants this year to come out of nowhere. I mean, it is the NFL. All right. Shout out to Pete Rizal for that competition every single year changes up and down let's stay in the nfc we've done both east we're going to move across the land and do the nfc west 49ers phenomenal season last year unbelievable defense uh solid quarterback solid guys on offense great running game you also have the seattle seahawks you also have the los angeles rams and the arizona cardinals one of two that you can debate are the best divisions in football. And we'll get to the other one. We both know what that is as well, but I, I'm going to trust in Russell and I would not be surprised if the 49ers didn't even make the playoffs this year, because I can see the Rams coming back with a vengeance and I can see Arizona winning more games in their division than they did last year. I got the Seahawks. Arizona is the most dangerous in terms of nobody expects them because we forget Kyle Murray's in year two and they have Deandre Hopkins who, with all with all due respect to Michael Thomas, might be the best receiver in the league, and he actually has a quarterback now who well no this Deshaun Watson's a beast so let me shut that up. But Kyler Murray like is gonna really be like thankful to God to have a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I'm shocked you didn't go San Francisco because I'm also going with Seattle. One two words Jamal Adams they are solidifying the Legion of Boom again. And, you know, I know Clowney left and they, they, they've been trying to get it together, but Clint Averill always finds a way to get 15 sacks a season. Russell's the best leader in that division. Um, until Jimmy Garoppolo can be trusted to win games with his arm, Seattle. Thinking about what I said and the 49ers not making the playoffs, I, I did have a little brain fart. They are taking seven teams from each side this year into the NFL playoffs. They've expanded the NFL playoffs. So... If that was the I case, still only, don't think only the one seed's going to get a bye. But that would have meant the Rams were in last year. So we'll see what happens. Could there be three teams out of a one division? It's a lot more likely having that extra team. Uh, let's stick in the West. Let's move over to the AFC West. And you could argue that this could possibly be the other division in football that is that is just as good. Because, listen, the Broncos and Chargers are no slouches, in my opinion. And obviously we have the Chiefs there. I'm not so big and sold on the Raiders. Obviously, we're both going to pick the Chiefs, but I'll tell you what: between the Broncos and Chargers, I bet you there's, I bet you they have 18 wins between them this year. Man, you you're not giving us putting enough respect on the Raiders. Brand new city, brand new arena, rejuvenated Derek Carr because you know his job is on the line. And I love Tyrod Taylor, but they don't want him to be the starter. And Justin Herbert is not ready. I don't see the I don't see the Chargers having a great year in terms of wins. I see the Chargers doing a typical Chargers year, and they're going to lose like seven games by less than seven points because they're going to be competitive, but they're not going to be able to bring it home. Chiefs win in a rout, but shout out for a sneaky 10-6 and six season by the Raiders. Okay. All right. Let's stay in the AFC. Let's move down to the South. 
We talked about Deshaun Watson and the Texans. They won the division last year. Titans came on strong at the end. The Colts have been boosted by a by a quarterback with more experience than almost anybody else in the league. And then you got the Jaguars who are selling the farm, basically, hopefully get that number one pick next year. Talk Dabo Sweeney into coming down and taking Trevor Lawrence for him. All right. You look like you're very mad at me right now. Go ahead. What's on your mind, Ray Cash? What did I say wrong? I just – I love people say that boosted or, or bolstered, whichever – both words fit, uh, by Philip Rivers. Did we watch the same Chargers last year? I'm not saying like that – Rivers. I'm not saying his talents aren't diminished, but I'm saying you put a little yeah. bit more experience with that Indianapolis Colts roster, especially on the offensive side. I mean, Jacoby sure. – I, I would not have got put Rivers in in the starting lineup and made that you know decision to bring him on that team over Jacoby Brissett. I would have let Brissett try and progress for one more year. But obviously, people who know more than I do and make more money than I do because they're professional football yep. coaches don't believe that Brissett yep. was the guy to continue to carry the progression of that team. Well, Jim Irsay has never really had to look for quarterbacks because he's had Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck his whole career. So <laughs> they've never really had to... Evaluate quarterbacks. I'm a Brissett guy. Um, Philip Rivers, no diss to Philip Rivers, but I just he's so much older and he's so diminished and he's definitely not a scrambler. It helps they got the best running back I think in the draft in Jonathan Taylor, who will be a a 1200, 12, uh, 1300 uh, yard rusher. Let me I think. Let me tell you something about Jonathan Taylor. Does he have talent running the football? One hundred percent. Like. Talent-wise, yeah. he's probably already one of the top dozen talented running backs in the NFL. That's how good he is. What's his problem, though? He's got two problems. The lesser of the two problems are he's not very experienced Bubbles. at catching. He's not very experienced catching the football. Okay, not saying that that won't get better with much better coaching in a different system. But two, nothing changes from the college to the pros except that guys are faster. Yeah. And fumbles will find your ass on the bench faster at running back than any other position in the NFL. That's a great point. And they still have more than Mac, which helps, but that's a very good point. Um, I, to, I know I bloviated. I apologize. Houston's the pick. They got the best quarterback. Um, and the, losing DeAndre Hopkins is devastating. But if you look at their offense and look at their receivers – I'm not going to be blasphemous and say that they're better. But they're, they're so much deeper. And if Will Fuller can be what we think he's going to be, adding Brandon Cooks and these other guys, like, they, they run five wide. So I, I like Houston. And, I, and he just got paid. I don't think Bill uh, O'Brien, right? Bill O'Brien. Yes. Sorry, yeah. I almost, almost said Belichick. Whenever you say Bill, you almost always say Belichick or Parcells. And unfortunately, they got brain fart there, right? <laughs> I... I think he's going to get more credit and less grief once the season gets into it because I think David Johnson and Brandon Cooks will add to a team where I don't necessarily think DeAndre Hopkins fit in as well as people think they, he did in Houston. Now, whether or not that's his fault or the coach's fault or the rest of the team, I don't know. But here's what I'm betting on. I'm betting on the Titans to continue what they had last year and become an even better football team. I see the Titans well, winning 11 games this year and winning this division. To your point, they just signed Jadavian Clowney. I can't pick the Titans because I cannot, in good faith, endorse anything that involves Ryan Tannehill having credit. I just cannot trust it. So, uh, I'm sorry. I just can't trust it. I got the Texans, but I tell you this, 
Derrick Henry keep running the ball like he ran last year, Whew. they're going to be scrappy. Beast. Beast. All right. Let's move on over to the other side of the South, the NFC South. And that, things... this, is, this is the best division of football. No. The NFC South? Yeah. Come on. Carolina's going to go 8-8. Eight eight. Yeah, and so are the Buccaneers, and the Falcons are going to win six games, and the Saints are going to win probably 12 or 13 again. That's just the way it's going to be. The Bucks with Tom Brady and like eight and eight. And I've like been saying the it the whole, whole time. Eight and eight. They have no defense. Oh my goodness! They were eight and eight last year, and the defensive player of the year was Jameis Winston. Oh, you know what? So... Oh, actually, uh, eight and eight. Okay, break it down. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't really have anything to say on that. I kind of did break it down. I I do like Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina, but I think that within the division, the Saints don't lose a game. Carolina gets one from Tampa, and the Falcons maybe get one from Tampa, and that's where Tampa goes 8-8. Eight eight. I mean, people are like, Brady is the end-all, be-all, but if they don't have an offensive line to protect him, and I don't know how great that offensive line is to begin with, they don't have a running game. You can pick up all the different guys you want, but they don't have a running game. And the defense is very in question. Okay, You're going to say Leonard Fournette, but what does that really mean? Well, Fournette ran for 1,200 yards last year, so yes. I, I understand, and they they are piecing it up together. They got Fournette, they got Ronald Jones the third, and they got Shady McCoy. I got you. They don't they don't they might have a back by twenty twenty standards that can be a lead back and and be a three down back. I give you that one hundred percent. But first and foremost, I respect your Saints pick because history has shown us they're gonna win ten to twelve games every season. I'm not mad at that at all. I ain't mad at that one bit. The Falcons are better just because they're a year healthier. And hopefully, if they can get anything from Ty Gurley, they'll be straight. And shout out to Hayden Hurst from Baltimore, their tight end. He's going to go down there, and he's going to be Tony Gonzalez-esque for them boys. That's a, huge, that's a huge pick for them. But it's not the Falcons' year. I love Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater got the easiest job in football because all he got to do is hand off to Christian McCaffrey or dump it down to Christian McCaffrey, and he's good. But Jameis Winston threw 30 touchdowns and 30 picks and and they dropped 10 more picks than that right and they were 8 and 8 you you bring in another tight end who is the best red zone, red zone throat in the history of American football you have already two thousand yard receivers who maybe Chris Godwin ain't proven but Mike, Mike Evans is right you already got O.J. Howard and Cameron Brett, who were already top-tier tight ends already, so you can run. You know, Tom Brady loves to run those three tight end sets. Whatever you get from your running backs is a plus. So I get your, I get your concerns, but if they already were 8-8 eight and eight with no talent, they got more talent than any other offense in football. They can't win more than eight games. So I, I I got the Bucks winning the division, but I mean it's gonna be close with the Saints because Drew Brees is gonna fall apart before Tom Brady will. So he's already shown it's starting to happen. I'll, I'll give it to you this way: I, I'm not a fan of of Colin Cowherd or uh, Skip Bayless, but this is a very Colin Cowherd Skip Bayless pick by me that the that the Bucks will go eight and eight. So just deal with it. I don't do that often, but just something about it feels like they're going eight and eight. It's a one game improvement over last year, by the way. They were seven and nine last year. 
I mean, if you look at it, I mean, look. Let me, let me what be, did Parcel say? You are what your record is. Let me let me be an antagonist for a moment, okay? <laughs> got it. <laughs> All right, let's slide on over to my division. We got two divisions left. They're both in the north. We both got our teams in the north. We're going to start in the NFC North, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. I don't have the Packers winning this division this year. I don't like what they did in the off season. I think that the Vikings are going to win it this year. That that's my pick. The Vikings probably get 11 games. Packers maybe 10 and make the playoffs. Uh, the Lions will be better. Matt Stafford will be around, but the Bears still suck. And to me, that that's always and forever. Go ahead, Ray. You're shaking your head. You're going to yell at me for not this, trusting in my own team. No, because I don't think the Packers win either. And I, the the Packers. Matt Lafleur is a good coach, I think, and I think he might be the right coach for Aaron Rodgers. But they just haven't shown Aaron Rodgers they have any they have any faith in him by giving him any help. That bothers me. If I'm a quarterback, that bothers me. To the bull, to the to the to the Bears, to show you how terrible the Bears are, they went and traded for another quarterback who then lost to the lost the job to the quarterback, the guy who they were trying to get rid of. They traded for Nick Foles and he lost the job back to Trubisky. They're done. Um, picking the Vikings, the Vikings are the best team in the division from talent, but that means I'd have to trust Kirk Cousins. I don't trust Kirk Cousins either. I have a shock pick. I have the Lions winning this division. Yeah, I mean, I just I just don't see that happening. <laughs> having, my, having so much experience with this, uh, it's a Packers and Vikings race to me. The Lions maybe get into the playoffs as a third team out of that division. I don't know necessarily that we're going to see that either, but at least you're not picking the Bears. That's all I can say. No. If I, if I pick the Bears, I deserve to be kicked off this damn show. <laughs> I think we'll leave this Insane. division. I think we'll leave this division at that right here. Um, it doesn't mean I don't think the Packers could still win 12 games and win this division. They do have Aaron Rodgers, by the way, which everybody sleeps on now, unfortunately, which is really, really weird. So... Let's move over and something I, I saved it for last, just for you, my brother. As I'm, as I'm, I'm, I'm like I'm less than 24 minutes away from my draft, so we got to get out of here in a couple minutes. I think after this topic, yes. we, we're going to hit the last few things really quick. Unfortunately, sorry, folks. Sure. We'll be back next week with Christopher Platt. All I'm going to say is this: the Browns will be better, but they will not contend for this division. The Bengals are going to have okay. a rough. The Bengals are going to have a rough goal, but I think they're still going to win more games because AJ Green is back, and eventually, at some point, if Joe Burrow's worth that number one pick, he's going to get it come halfway through the season. It's just going to be too late. Okay. The Steelers, man, Roethlisberger's back. They got one of the best coaches in football, and I can just say I, I still have. Baltimore winning this division. I still have Baltimore being one of the best teams in the league, one hundred percent. But mark my words, the Steelers will be a contender for the championship in the NFL playoffs for this year. Oh boy. Okay. Um, let's bottom. Let's go from the bottom to the top. I like Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. What helps him is Joe Burrow's is extremely accurate, so that will help him in the league. Because you can work on arm strength. You can get an extra 5, 10 yards on your ball. But accuracy, you can't really work on too well. He got that. So they'll be fine. They're not going to be good this year, but they'll be fine. The uh, the Browns did it right, I think, by kind of dialing it back a little bit, not talking a bunch of shit. Baker said, I'm going to shut up. 
Odell seemingly not worried about him doing his own thing and kind of buying in. They got Austin Hooper as a tight end, which I really, I really like. Cause Austin Hooper is really underrated, but they're not. No, they're they'll be competitive. They'll be one of those. They'll be the Chargers of the North. They'll be competitive, but they're gonna lose a lot of games. I am blown away with people's belief that every year the Steelers are gonna contend just because they're the Steelers. When factual evidence has shown you for the past five years, they're not contenders. And they've only gotten worse. They've only gotten worse. Roethlisberger is older, and and he is, to use Stephen A's word, he had, he's age and attrition, right? They, James Conner is really good, but is James Conner a lead back? Juju, is he a number one? He got number one stuff. Can he do it? Can that defense... Stay with the, with the, without their offense staying on the field for 30, 40 minutes a game. Can that defense hold up? Mike Tomlin is great, but we as a football populace overrate the Steelers because they have the biggest fan base in the league. They're they're, they're the number three team in this division right now. Um, Baltimore wins wins going away, and I know I'm biased, but tell me what team that made the playoffs last year got better more than Baltimore you can't we got better I, I it's hard to argue that it's hard to argue that at all all right I I have uh, some extenuating things that I need to take care of in the next 20 minutes because people are freaking the fuck out over here so we're gonna have to yeah, let's skip, get out of here we're gonna have to skip the rest of the things that are going on Dustin Johnson won the FedEx Cup we still have the US Open in two weeks and the Masters we will be talking about those other two majors. Congrats to Dustin Johnson. Um, Word to Dustin, yeah. NHL Conference Finals is upon us. We have Tampa Bay Lightning and New York Islanders. And on the other side, we have the Vegas Golden Knights who lost game one to the, the unlikely Dallas Stars. Uh, so we're going to get hopefully get Steve Cook on from thechairshot.com to uh, get further in-depth into some NHL playoff action. All right. Here Let's it is. go Vegas. Here it is right now. We're still going to do this, though, because we got at least five minutes to take care of this one. So give us one second. We'll be right back with a dual parting shot. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Novak Djokovic was disqualified from the U.S. Open for hitting a ball, and it ended up hitting a line judge right in the throat, and it was a female, and she went down, and I didn't really see clear video in trying to watch it on exactly what happened. It didn't look like it was very, very intentional or malicious. Uh, it looked like she was okay. The fact that he got disqualified for the tournament, I get it. You can't have guys out there abusing judges, and it happened. I don't know that necessarily I agree with it, and I don't necessarily know that he meant to cause any harm. Unfortunately, it's what happened, and hopefully people will think twice before they do things like that. Again, it just goes to show that you need to have some kind of constraint and modicum of reason in whatever you're doing at all times. Ray? First and foremost, I want to point out to you, if you watch the video, old girl sold that throat shot like she got super like she got super kicked by Shawn Michaels so shout out to her for that because that was hilarious number two he definitely did not do it on purpose but if you watch that whole set and you've paid attention to a lot of Djokovic's stuff there is an undercurrent of attitude from Novak Djokovic 
um, that's starting to kind of seep out. Not as bad as homeboy from Australia who will stop a whole set to argue with the Lions judge. He's not that bad. He's not McEnroe. He's not that kind of guy. But he wasn't the Djokovic of, that we know of. He wasn't the Joker that we know of. Maybe it's to, you know, remember, he was the guy that got COVID and then said, screw it, I'm still going to show up and get everybody else sick. It's like there, this hasn't been a very good few months for, for Djokovic. I want to. I just want to talk real quick before we get out of here about the fact that the rule. I am a big proponent of. The rules are there because they're the rules. Follow the rules, but look, if they shitty, change them. I respect the fact, while I think it's stupid that they kicked them out, that they stuck to their guns, because if nothing else, if like the least ranked player in the World Tennis Association does the same mistake they can't say oh well you let Djokovic get out no the number one guy was kicked out was defaulted so it's stupid I hate it but it is what it is be smarter hey listen on a vacation Did he go, listen go home he's still paid <laughs> folks you've been listening to the three man weave my name is PC Tony shout out to our boy Christopher Platt who was uh, feeling a little under the weather tonight uh, hopefully he'll be doing better i know he's been working a lot lately making some things happen in his life and kudos to him for that um you can follow me at you can follow him at the real c platt on the twitter you can follow me at pc tony make sure you head on over to the chairshot.com check out everything great over there sports entertainment and sports and entertainment um pot is war uh winner is you uh bandwagon nerds outsiders edge greg demarco show hashtag miranda show Steve Cook, Stephen Mitchell, some of our great writers. We got so many great people over there. So many things I didn't even mention. Uh, Badlands, uh, Five Rounds, everything like that. Ray, what am I forgetting? Tell everybody where they can find you. Sports, entertainment, and sports entertainment. You like that? That's a t-shirt. It's a t-shirt. There you go. Um, it's Ray, at It's Ray Cash, R-E-Y as in Mysterio, C-A-S-H as in dollars. Black Lives Matter. Arrest these bitch-ass cops. And one thing we didn't touch that's really important to me, we lost a lot of people last week. Besides Jacob Blake, we lost Black Panther, um, Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace, King. We lost Coach John Thompson, which being a black man, seeing him is a big, was is one of the biggest, um, I looked up to him as a kid growing up, right? And I grew up wanting to, my dream school in life, my favorite school, the school I stood my but I consider my alma mater, even though I've never been there. I grew up wanting to play at the University of Arizona for Coach Olsen. Rest in peace to Coach Lute Olsen. Um, gone but not forgotten. We will n- Last week sucked. We will never forget those guys. Um, Cliff Robinson. Yeah, in our hearts. Uncle Cliffy. My God. I saw a picture of the Phoenix Suns that had Jason Kidd, KJ, Uncle Cliffy, Steve Nash, Cedric Sabalos, Hot Rod Williams. Like, why don't we have a championship? Damn it. In the fucking show. You just made me mad. I'm sorry. In the show. Go back and listen to Potty's War. I did pay <laughs> tribute to John Thompson, one of the greatest basketball coaches ever. What a great man and, and did unbelievable things. Uh, basketball, the game of basketball is better off for the contributions he made. Black Lives Matter. You've been listening to Three Man Weave. You can follow us at three underscore man weave. And, you know, Platt ain't here, Ray, but we did it again. It's another win, baby. DJ Khaled! All I do is win, 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 no matter what. Got money on my 
don't stop now. <laughs>